Hello and welcome back to Pastoral Parsha. I'm Hody Nemus, a third-year rabbinical student at YCT Rabbinical School. And I'm Michelle Friedman, Chair of Pastoral Counseling at YCT. In each episode of this podcast, we explore psychological insights gleaned from the Torah portion of the week. And we also share with our listeners concepts and techniques that are taught in the Pastoral Counseling Program at YCT, where we try to integrate Torah wisdom and contemporary understandings from modern psychology. Today's Parsha is Chaye Sara, and our theme today is not taking people for granted. This Parsha is all about relationships. It's the end of one marriage and the beginning of another, right? Abraham says goodbye to Sarah after a very long and eventful life together. And uh, by the end of the Torah portion, we've seen the beginning of Yitzchak and Rivka's romance. It's the first time that uh, it says that someone loved another person in the Torah. Yitzchak loved, uh, that, that Isaac loved Rebecca. Avraham also remarries to Keturah, and he starts working on his legacy. So he's not just uh, concerned about his marriage, but about sort of what what's he going to leave behind. And he um, he's the one that sends his servant to go uh, make sure that, that Yitzchak gets married. Now, if we zoom in for a moment to focus on that opening classic scene of Abraham by Sarah, a fabulous burial plot that becomes a famous plot in the, in the uh, famous site in the history of the Jewish people in, in Hebron. And it's specifically for, for Sarah. Keturah isn't buried there, as Michelle pointed out to me recently. Oh, and we are told that, um, that, that Abraham grieves and weeps. It says, Abraham came and he eulogized her. And he cried. He cried for her. And, um, and, and yet, the last conversation we know of between them was when, when Sarah asked uh, Avraham to kick out Hagar. There's no, there's no other conversations recorded. Um, and so we, we seem to, we get the impression from this that perhaps Avraham was not on the best of terms with Sarah or, or perhaps even took her for granted. Um, and yet at the end of her life, it's clear that after her death, that he values her greatly. And so too by another member of the family, and that is Isaac. Isaac is, doesn't have a conversation with Abraham either after the Akedah. And at the end of Abraham's life, he does not bless Isaac. In fact, it says uh, in, uh, at the end of our Parsha, it says, Vayehi acharei mot Abraham, vayavarach elokim et Yitzchak beno that after the death of Abraham, God blessed Isaac as a very potent omission. Yes, it's, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, sad, it's a sad commentary. Uh, it's poignant. Both of these are poignant stories. It seems to suggest a kind of distance between Abraham and Sarah and also Abraham and Isaac. In words that we kind of wish had been spoken but weren't. That's right. And people struggle with relationships all the time. One of the things that rabbis of all denominations are involved with are people's marriages. And it's a very common thing that somebody either comes, asks to speak to the rabbi, very makes an appointment, comes in, or is talking about something else and kind of seemingly wanders into the territory of talking about 
marital unhappiness and maybe regret. Mm. And this is something I hear again and again from rabbis who say, wait, I'm not a marriage therapist. I'm not a couples counselor. What do I do with this? So just one example is a man who is talking to the rabbi and let's say a man in midlife and says, rabbi, I'm really unhappy. I'm really lonely. Nothing's going on outside of my marriage, but I think I married the wrong woman. Ooh, that is, that's really painful. Yeah, can you imagine how, what does what a rabbi oh, feel like? Probably like he's stuck in a very odd position. Right, because one of the things we talk about a lot at the yeshiva is for the rabbi to take the rabbi's own emotional pulse in all of these situations. For example, the rabbi might know the wife. He might know, he or she might know the wife even more than the husband. And so let's say the rabbi has a very fine opinion of the wife, or the rabbi doesn't like the wife. But they, this couple's been together for maybe a couple of decades. They've participated in the community. They've raised kids. They, what's the rabbi's role in this situation? What does the rabbi say when this guy says, I really feel so much regret I married the wrong woman. So what is the rabbi's role? I mean, it seems to me one of the first questions would be sort of to unpack a little bit more of this statement, I married the wrong woman. What, right. What's he so saying? I think the rabbi has to have a clear idea about role. And the role is not to be a kind of amateur, or let's jump in and try a little marriage counseling. I think that a rabbi can do a great deal by helping somebody who trusts the rabbi start to explore what's going on. And possibly the rabbi is going to make a referral to a some sort of therapist. But the rabbi could start off by saying, tell me more. This must be difficult to talk about. Or, you know, you and whatever, Sally, have been together for a long, long time. So I imagine there's a lot going on, both in what's kept you together and what you're feeling regret about today. Just saying, tell me more, and listening attentively is incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. And is it worth it for the rabbi to actually ask the man to, to help define his role, to say something along the lines of, you know, I'm, I'm honored you came to me and I'm Definitely. curious, why did you choose to come to me right. specifically? And how can I help you? Mm -hmm. Have you talked about this with other people? So don't yeah. assume what he's, why he's telling you this. No, right. He, this, he may have been in, you know, 200 different therapies, or this may actually be the first time that this guy has allowed himself to put these feelings into words. Or maybe he's about to stumble into some kind of action. Maybe he's on the verge of some kind of outside relationship. Or something, anything could be going on. But I think that the rabbi, the man knows that he's talking to his rabbi. He knows that the rabbi represents Jewish tradition, which values family. So without becoming an amateur marriage therapist, how can the rabbi uh, perhaps help this person to to navigate this this situation? Yes. shouldn't assume that, that your role is to save the marriage, is what you're saying. I think your role is to listen and to then just take it from there. But let's say the rabbi's feeling is that the man is not really seeing some of the very positive things that the rabbi sees. So can the rabbi actually help the person to see their partner in a more positive light? I think the rabbi can, but that should start by the rabbi asking 
if the person who's sitting in front of the rabbi wants the rabbi to do that. Uh huh. Like you could just say, you know, I know uh, Sally, and I'm wondering, would it help for us to talk, for me to talk with you about different ways of seeing your relationship? I see. And again, you're sort of stepping outside of the conversation saying, let me know what's going on here and, and tell me how to help you. That's right. How should we direct this conversation? Don't just dive in. I see how Sally has a great sense of humor. I see how warmly she treats people in the community. What's it like at home? Mm -hmm. Is this something that's maybe hard for you to see? Is this something, do you think that you've taken each other for granted? Mm -hmm. I think the rabbi can ask these kinds of questions or sort of listen in ways that direct the conversation without diving into the intimate details of the couple's life. That's not the rabbi's job. So setting aside our particular example of the, the this troubled marriage, I think that a theme that perhaps is present there, but is, is present in all our lives, is um, not is taking those around us for granted, not always appreciating that which is um, which which is lovable and wonderful about them, and. Um, you know, we come from a religion that, uh, through halacha and daily ritual, provides constant reminders to not take things for granted. That's right. And specifically to, to not take the blessings of God um, for granted. And, you know, in the, uh, in the Shema that we say each day, we say, Ahava Rabba Haftanu, that you have loved us, God. That's the blessing right before the Shema. And then we say the Shema, Ahavta Ed Hashem Elokecha that you should love God. We're sort of having a nice little conversation with God saying, you know, I appreciate you. And we're letting, we're giving words to God saying, God appreciates us. So I think that's a, a beautiful example of a sort of not taking uh, for granted between a person and, and the divine. And we want to reflect that, that fundamental love of God that we don't want to become rote. Yes. But we want to reflect that into our human relationships through perhaps daily reminders, daily right. ritual or, with or, your with yeah. your partner, with your with those around you. That's right. Of showing people how much you appreciate them and enjoying their pleasure in that appreciation while you still can. Shabbat, Shabbat shalom. shalom.